Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Incontinent Veteran Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Archer, and uh, today we are joined by another guest, and that is Mark Spagnolo. Spagnolo. You got it. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of letters. And <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us, Mark. I really appreciate you coming on, and you and Brittany have been more than gracious and helpful to to join us, yeah. join the show, and kind of you know, kind of broaden the horizon of the community and my show, of course. Absolutely. No problem, man. I got to support the community. It's been kind of surreal. Uh, you know, I've visited your website and I've been a fan of Brittany's on YouTube and stuff. So like I had told her, it's kind of a kind of humbling and surreal for me. So <laughs> it's, awesome. it's, 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 uh, it's great to, to know that, you know, the people you look up to are willing to, to help you out. So <laughs> I, yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. We're not so far removed. <laughs> you know, the, not like living in your mansions right stuff yeah. like that <laughs> we're just regular old people <laughs> so now i follow you of course on your website uh wearing adult diapers and there's of course dashes in between each of those words and yeah. that's com and um but some people might not so let's kind of get started with your history and kind of why you took upon yourself to kind of create this venture, like what, what kind of led you up to starting the website and why it's kind of taken off the way it has and what it's kind of gotten to now. Okay. Um, well, it's been a long journey to get to this point. Um, I mean, for me, my story begins as a kid. I grew up a bedwetter. Um, you know, I had bedwetting problems up until about six consistently. And then I was able to work my way way through it, and uh, I was dry for a good few years after that. And at about 12 or 13, those issues started to return. Uh, you know, gradually at first, and then the frequency increased. Uh, I actually have been developing different material that's that explains a lot of this a lot of this stuff in more detail uh, in a in a book that we've been, that I've been working on. But that's besides the point at this time. Um, but yeah, eventually one thing led to another, and uh, we were able to identify as peripheral neuropathy. And um, so, I mean, we knew that there was a, a degradation of the nerves, but luckily, I mean, it's not any of the uh, numerous things that can cause it that are kind of, uh, you know, more life-altering than incontinence. I mean, incontinence is life-altering enough as it is, but there's some things that cause that that are, that are even worse. So uh, for me, it's just uh, issues with my bladder and I knew as I got older, there was a potential that it could deteriorate even further. But, um, and that's pretty much what happened. So, a few years back, when it started to, um, you know, bleed over into daytime issues, I mean, I'd already been wearing diapers to bed at, for years at that point. Um, so, I decided to, to channel, um, you know, my frustrations and how I felt into building something productive out of it. And it sort of just started off as a, a website to, um, you know, just to review adult diapers and try to put more information out there on what's available and, you know, what's good for people to choose for what condition. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing's just led to another over the years. Um, I originally started marketing the site on Facebook under an alternate name, uh, Dan Dynamo. Which, um, you know, at the time, had I known that that would have become like anchored into the website, I may have approached that differently, but I was still embarrassed about using my real name. And so now it's kind of just like stuck with that on Facebook. But that's sort of where the name Diaper Dynamo came from and how I've uh, how I've started to do the YouTube channel and take the name 
the Diver Dynamo, which the company is actually called Diver Dynamo Distributions, which I'm thinking about dropping just a diaper and just putting it to Dynamo Distributions. But anyway, so yeah, I, I, I met Brittany. I met a lot of people along the way. Uh, me and Brittany started running a support group on Facebook uh, probably, I would say, two years ago at this point. I had originally started the the support group uh, as a result of someone complaining that they liked the fan page on Facebook. And it says, you know, uh, so-and-so likes wearing adult diapers. Um, so they didn't like that. So they wanted a more private option to get support. So uh, I ended up doing that. And I'm pretty sure that's how I met Brittany was she ended up coming into the support group and she was really active in it. And I eventually asked her to admin the support group and she was really good about doing that. And, um, you know, our relationship gradually grew over the course of time and and then she started making her own diapers and I wanted to try and expand the site further to, to do more than what I was already doing. Uh, and I figured, you know, I, I should try and, you know, formulate a team to, to help really fulfill some of the things I, I would like to do down the road, which there's so many things. I mean, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Feel free to jump in at any time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just, I'm captivated by your story. It's, it's really interesting where you started to where you are now with, with Brittany. And she didn't tell me about all the admin stuff and that she was doing and stuff like that. She just kind of said, Oh, well, I met him and he invited me in and that was pretty much it. And then that's all that she said. <laughs> so she kind of, uh, she kind of glossed over the rest of that stuff, which is really neat. You, you sitting here saying that you kind of want to build a team and stuff. And, and, uh, the, the way obviously like I've, kind of come upon your website more recently. So I don't know the full extent of how it started. And, and my issues are only a couple of years at best old. So, uh, like I haven't had to deal, I, to be honest, I hadn't reached out before then into really with just within the last year with everything that's happened. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, for you to be doing this within a couple of years, that's, that's says, well, well, the, the big thing for, for me was that, you know, when I, first had the issues and I know you said you listened to the show is that, you know, I had a really hard time coming to terms with it, you know, especially somebody who had been in the army and, you know, it was, you know, you're in the army and you're invincible, you know, when you're in stuff and you're a guy that you take bullets and you get right back up and you keep running. And so it was tough for me to, uh, to accept that and and keep going. And so I, I spent a better part of a year, year and a half just on my couch you know, <laughs> and, Absolutely, yeah. and it was really Expected. tough. Um, luckily I had uh, a couple of people who really supported me and, and came along and, you know, uh, you, you, like, like I'd said in that other show, they kind of pushed me out the door and, um, now I've gotten involved. And the reason I started doing this was I got involved with the VA with people who have had similar issues when they're, they're like amputees and now have this, now have to deal with this issue or, severe injuries, you know, guys who have lost arms and legs and, you know, been basically blown up and they have to deal with similar types of issues, not necessarily just incontinence, but other types of severe injuries where, you know, they can't control movement and stuff right. like that and, and severe pain. And, you know, like you said, mine was just kind of all of a sudden, like I basically had to make a choice between pain or this. And I chose the latter. And some of these guys, they have a hard time coming to terms with being able to do that. And so, I wanted to do something where people could listen and people could read and know that they're not alone. And I know that that's pretty much how you wanted to go about it too. And the same thing with Brittany. And that's what I wanted was people to 
you know, guys, especially the the guys that were ex-military to know that this is something that you can live with. You can, you can go on from here. Like you don't have to let it define you. And that was a big part of, of why I do what I do. And, um, so for, you know, like a lot of people bring that up, you know, you've, you're only a year removed of really getting over the major shock of it all. And you're already doing this kind of thing. And I said, well, yeah, because I'm a different breed of person, you know, in the army, you're kind of a, you know, you either, you either succumb or you, or you overcome. Right. And so like, that's pretty much how I looked at it. And like, those are the only two options you really have. And so that really carries over into your everyday life. And that's why I do what I do and why I applaud you and Brittany for doing what you guys do, because it's a really big part of why I do why, what I do now. So, yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, why part of why we named the, the clothing line adapt, adapt and accept, um, part of the reason, why I named the website just blatantly up in your face wearing adultdiapers.com. One of my issues at the time was like I was really frustrated with how the market it like tries to disguise what it really is. And I'm like, we all know what it is. It's a diaper. Let's just call it what it is. Why the more we're afraid to say it, the more it, it perpetuates the stigma around it and the shame that people feel about needing something like that. So that's a lot of, of the reason behind that. Right. I, I'm a bit of advocate for, like I said, not letting it define you and, you know, go on living your life and oh, yeah. family and friends support have been outstanding because, and for me, it's different because mine was injury related to us to combat. So right. it was for people to accept it was a lot easier on my part because obviously I was hurt really bad mm-hmm. and this is the result. So there was no, there was no like, you know, well, why can't you just control it type, type deal? You know, it was just, there's nerve yeah. damage. There's nerve damage. And so people were a lot more accepting probably in my case than they were in other people's cases, because in other people's cases, it's, it stems from a long um, journey from something small to something major. Right. That's sort of my situation. You know, it's always been something to a, a deep, dark secret. You know, it's always been something that you, you don't talk about or it's right. kind of like the way my family handled it. We just kind of just didn't really talk about it. Everybody knew about it and my brothers didn't give me a hard time about it. Uh, we just sort of went on with our lives. The way I looked at it and the way a lot of people looked at it is I don't really talk about it, to be honest. I just, I wear what I wear. And if somebody says something or um, ask a question or gives a funny look or anything like that, I, if I need to respond, I will. There's only been just a very few like less than a handful of cases where like it's become an issue major ones of course are like airports that's a big one right that seems to be the biggest issue and i found kind of my own way of dealing with that and uh i've gotten a couple of comments at a gym my wife is in the navy so she so i get access to the navy gyms and stuff like that as a spouse and stuff and so like i'll go there and somebody will give a weird look or and I, I'm pretty outspoken about it. So like I'll confront somebody if I need to. <laughs> yeah. And so like for me, it's different because a lot of people that have the issue, they're embarrassed by it. For me, it's just like when somebody says something and I hear it, even if I, even if it's in passing, you know, because they don't understand it, you know, I'll say I'm a veteran and, you know, I was basically, you know, paralyzed for a long time and this is the result. And this is, this is my disability. And most people are just kind of either really sorry for ridicule or whatever their, whatever the comment was or whatever. And they kind of just go away and that's, it's kind of my defense. So I have a better defense for the most part than a lot of people. (laughs) So I kind of get a, I have an advantage in that way. But like I said, I'm also very outspoken. 
um, I mean, yeah, I can definitely understand that perspective a lot because for me, it's just always been something that I didn't really talk about. I mean, I'm definitely nowadays a lot more open about it. And I basically approach it from a perspective, like if I want to spend more time with someone and I'm feeling self-conscious about it at that point, that's where I, you know, have that discussion with them. I let them know that I have a condition and, you know, that's why I'm always carrying this bag. And then I don't have to feel as self-conscious about it any anymore after that, because then they know. In my experience, people are generally pretty polite, even if they notice something that like you'll notice little crotch glances here and there. And, and most of the time, I, I just feel it's just me being self-conscious. And most of the time it really is because they're got right. stuff going on in their heads and they're not thinking about what you're wearing. Right. And I think the biggest issues I've run into, not issues, but the biggest challenges I've run into with the whole thing is I am a father. So it was the hardest thing was explaining to my sons the issue and why I had to wear what I had to wear. But my five-year-old, it's all over now, but you know, when he was four, you know, <laughs> he was, he still had bedwetting issues and stuff like that. So sure. he had to, I had to explain to him why he had to overcome that, but I couldn't, which is a very difficult thing to do. Absolutely. And, and so a lot of people that have children or, or at least young children and stuff that can't quite grasp the concept, that's, that's a very big challenge for a lot of them. And I can understand, I can relate to how hard that is to, for not only you to explain to your kids, but even as they get older for them to accept, because I also have an older, I have a 10 year old who for a little while was embarrassed to bring friends over and stuff because of it. That was hard on him and it's hard on me. And, you know, now he's a little bit more accepting of it and stuff. He doesn't, and he understands it a little bit more, but there's, there's a lot of people out there who have kids who have this issue now who it wasn't as bad before and stuff, especially teenage kids and stuff like that. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I could definitely understand how, you know, teenagers, especially kids from about 12 to 14 are probably the meanest people on the earth. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, the most honest, at least. So they, they, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it's tough to, to handle that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we all were there at one point. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I mean, I can understand how, uh, how difficult that can be. Uh, I know that you don't have any kids and you're, you're not married or anything. So it's tough for you oh, to kind of grasp all that, but I'm sure you, for, for me, it, I mean, not with, my issues isn't with kids, but more with, you know, you know, romantic relationships and how to approach it there. That's always kind of a, a tough thing to do. And I still have yet to nail down, like, wh when do I approach it? How do I go about approaching it? Do I just stick to the, to trying to date people within the fetish community? Or do I try to, you know, branch outside of that and, and find people who will be willing to accept it? I mean, lucky for me, I grew up with the internet and I always had like, community of people there who are supportive and friendly, be they incontinent or fetish or whatever. But still it's it definitely hasn't been easy. I really haven't dated a whole lot and uh, it's certainly a, a, a difficult issue, which I intend to try to find ways to help address because of course I'm sure your listeners and my audience and YouTube viewers and all the people that that you know watch and listen to what we do um, would benefit from it, you know, on your side with the kids, my side with dating, uh, there's certainly challenges on, on both sides of the coin there. Yeah. The, uh, dating thing, like it's nothing I had to experience because I was already married when, uh, I had the issues. So, uh, right. when I, when I, when I became incontinent, my wife was really supportive and she has been this whole time. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a single problem with it and she's super great. And I can't, uh, 
I honestly couldn't have asked for better support from her. So like I have zero experience in like trying to reveal that kind of thing to somebody. I have had to explain it to friends, like especially some of my, you know, even some of my great, my really best friends that are now really supportive, but just couldn't quite grasp the problem, you know, at yeah. first, because it's a really tough thing to to understand for people. It's just like, well, why can't they just fix it? Like, you know, people yeah. are just that they don't have surgery. They can just fix it. No, well, no, not necessarily. They don't. They don't. Uh, they just don't understand how complicated the entire urinary system is. Right. Everybody just thinks that, you know, it's just, well, they can just go in there and put something in there and it well, should, yeah, they, I mean, it's could, just so, but. <laughs> so natural to everybody. They think it's, it just is something that's simple that just always works, but it doesn't for everybody. So, <laughs> right. It's the same kind of misunderstanding with anything like Tourette's or, you know, uh, any kind of nerve damage that would cause you to have involuntary movement. That's a big one that I deal with at uh, the VA is uh, guys who have had extensive nerve damage or massive concussion that have like uh, no control over movement of arms and legs, you know, they'll be sitting there and an arm will just, you know, go nuts and there's nothing they can do about it because it's complete, completely neurological. You right. know, they have, they have no control over what's just happened, you know, and they'll just hit, a, they'll hit the person sitting next to them and just be, incre- feel incredibly bad and like they hate it. And I have one guy who wanted to just put himself in a, like a, like this crazy straight jacket suit and never move again, you know? So, yeah. and it's like, people just don't, a lot of people just don't understand how you couldn't just control something. And luckily right. well, for those, for those kind of people, that kind of issue is more accepted for some reason, which I don't understand myself. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot more obvious of a, of an issue. I mean, it's something that's clearly, that's clearly an issue. Whereas wedding is just not as always, I, I, I'm not sure I completely comprehend it either. It's just the social stigmas around all of it. Freudian complex, Patrick likes to say. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stemming from childhood and potty training and the rigors that that we all go through through potty training and the psychological things that are placed in the roots, so to speak. But then, you know, in regards to what you were, there's some of the things you're talking about there that you were, you had asked me earlier about uh, some future plans with the website and stuff. I mean, things that I'm always kind of looking towards the future, sort of a a futurist per se. And I'm always trying to look at, you know, where technology is at today and where it'll be a few years from now. And, you know, the kinds of things we'll be able to do in the future. Um, And I'm not sure how much you know about regenerative medicine or nanotechnology or 3D. Yeah, I've definitely looked. I mean, I've read a lot of articles about, especially the regenerative, like the like uh, stem cell stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, stem, stem cell research. Um, more importantly, I would think is uh, when we really harness uh, nanotechnology. You know what nanotechnology is? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, sci-fi movie type nanotechnology and stuff. Okay, so, and, and I've read a little bit about it. You know, like you said beforehand, you're you're kind of uh, more on the geeky side yeah, of the so, of all the tech stuff. <laughs> so just to break it down. Nanotechnology is machines that function on an atomic scale. So just to put this into perspective, they ne- they measure things in nanometers, and a nanometer is one billionth, I think it's one billionth of a meter. 60,000 nanometers equals the width of a hair. A thousand nanometers equals the size of a blood cell. And nanotechnology is anything that's under 100 nanometers. We're talking about things that are below the wavelength of light. Wow. Um, yeah. So we're we're currently developing uh, in many different countries uh, different techniques and nanotechnology 
that would allow, um, you know, reconstructive, you know, nanoscopic reconstructive surgery of, of um, nerves and cell damage and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I follow that kind of stuff. Uh, another thing that, that, that really I'm interested in is the manufacturing of organs through 3D printing. So, I mean, and, and one of the very first things that they've ever made was actually a, a, a bladder. This guy, this scientist named Anthony Atala, uh, has been clinically trialing bladders for over 10 years now. I forget if those were 3D printed bladders or if those were bladders that they grew. I'm not sure how they manufactured those, but I mean, we're on the cusp of, of an era, era of medicine where we ultimately will be able to repair most kinds of damage to the body. And I, I would like to discuss a lot more of that kind of stuff with the website. That's part of what I was trying to focus on with the dry times easing on the website. I originally started out with like a series on um, uh, wearable devices because those are kind of becoming a more popular thing. And as the next few years go on, we're going to see the Internet of Things emerge where pretty much everything's going to have, you know, the ability to, to gather data and information. Um, now, the logistics of that and privacy issues are, have remained to be addressed and all that. But overall, I, I from my perspective, I feel like ultimately it will be a, a, a overly beneficial thing to everybody. Um, we'll have the ability to constantly monitor our health. And man, there's there's a name for that. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have all this unique terminology for all this kind of stuff, but uh, I'm definitely interested in where that will go and how data will be changed. Well, A, on um, how many people are actually affected by bedwetting and incontinence. I, I think that the numbers currently, I mean, it's like they say 400 million people globally are infected by some form of incontinence which also embodies bedwetting. So, um, and I, you, you kind of wonder like how accurate that is. Cause they also say that of everybody with incontinence, only one out of eight people actually report the issues. So what does that make the actual number? And I think that, uh, as time goes on, those kinds of things will be revealed, uh, better di diagnostic tools will be developed, uh, that will allow people to be diagnosed cheap, more cheaply and efficiently. Um, I'm just interested in following all that kind of stuff and trying to progress where I'm going with the website into incorporating a lot of that stuff and, and how we can uh, help people, you know, overcome their issues and not just learn just to manage them. Even though that's, that's our primary focus is basically trying to help people to accept it and, and learn to manage their condition because, you know, we're not doctors or anything like that. We're not here to advise you on your condition per se, but we've come to know a lot about a lot of different kinds of conditions and we're always learning more. But ultimately, one of the things I really want to do is, I mean, my issue started with bedwetting and I've been following the, and so if anybody out there listening has any experience in any software development or anything I'm about to talk about, let me know, reach out to me. Um, but one thing I want to do is kind of try and develop some sort of bedwetting alarm that incorporates brainwave activity. So, I mean, there's all these devices emerging, these EE, portable EEG devices that uh, make it a lot easier to measure brainwave activity. And I, I, a lot of people say, and I suspect from my research, that the, the main cause to most bedwetting issues, not all, but most, is, you know, deep, a deep sleep disorder of some kind.
And a lot of times, uh, let's say people try bedwetting alarms and they don't work because they're in too deep of a sleep. If you can add measuring brainwave technology to that, and at the moment when urination occurs, then you could potentially say, okay, well, this is when the, the episode occurred. And five minutes prior to this, you can see the brainwave activity was in a, in a higher state where this individual will be a lot easier to wake up. This is when the, the alarm should go off and wake this individual up to help train their subconscious towards recognizing, hey, it's time to go. Um, right. That, that would be that like you're way over my head on a lot of that stuff, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. But uh, it's uh, like just I, I know that they used to have the alarms, which are basically like heart rate type things and uh from what i've researched and stuff and you mean you mean um like uh monitoring of of sleep right right like you monitor your heart rate while you sleep and then like certain heart rates told you like this it was something like that was going to happen sooner rather than later and they would wake you up and it wouldn't always be the case because sometimes you'd just be sleeping and uh stuff like that because i mean i I tried everything when when i first got diagnosed and i was dealing with everything i i tried literally everything the doctor suggested (laughs) naturally yeah and uh eventually it comes to a point where you kind of just have to accept it (laughs) right right and so just i would be really interested just reading what what you write in in your release and stuff that all seems fascinating first of all and then secondly very beneficial especially for those you know who deal with incontinence and have to you know kind of just sit by and wait for something great to happen this is something they could reach out and possibly try and find on their own Right. And uh, I'm just interested in, in uh, trying to gauge where the technology will be at and really gearing the website and what we're doing as an organization. I mean, it's just me and Brittany right now, but I'd love to see it eventually grow to a point where we can bring other people into the loop and, and do more than what we're doing, which obviously it always takes more people to do that. I could only go so far by myself, which is why I originally reached out to begin with to Brittany and Patrick and Patrick has some awesome things. If you guys don't know about Patrick or the Incon Crusaders, like I just love the branding that he has on everything. Incon Crusaders. He does these awesome little graphics where he's like question of the week. Dr. Driper says there's just a lot of entertaining and, and funny content coming from him and what he does. But it due to his schedule and his life, you know, it, we didn't really work out as a group. He had to go and do his own thing, which is good. And I support that. And telling you guys to check it out because he's awesome and what he's doing is awesome too. So like I said, you, you we were kind of worried about where this could go. It definitely unraveled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I shot for like 10 to 15 minutes and we just pushed past 30. So I've actually got to yeah. start wrapping up here. I don't have a, a lot of hosting time on my, uh, my account. So I actually have to start wrapping up and you know, we're going to get you back on and we'll, we'll delve, like I said, further down in the rabbit hole with uh, a lot of this stuff. And, I definitely want for for sure you to get back on so we can go over some more of, you know, what you found and all of the technology and, you know, yeah, management management for people that are afraid to leave their house and stuff like that. For sure. So, and um I I don't know if you noticed, but I just recently started doing my own YouTube channel and that's been getting um really way more views than I was expecting. Right. Um, this the most recent video just had like four thousand views in a week, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> but uh, where was I going with that? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I think it's just what what's the name of your YouTube channel so that we can uh, kind of promote that a little bit. The Diaper Dynamo. I just been promoting the Diaper Dynamo, um, kind of like the superhero character I came up with. Basically, I'm trying to take uh, what I'm doing with YouTube and 
make it a little more entertaining because so far everything I've seen on YouTube that covers this subject matter is just kind of like uh, a little bit boring. Clinical uh, is what I refer to it as. Clinical, yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> that's so. Uh, so I'm trying to uh, inject a little bit of entertainment to it and take that further. So as I continue to go, I'm sort of discovering new subject matter and content to cover on for some reason doing videos takes my mental perspective in a different direction than if I was to just write a page about it. Right. Cause I have to kind of like, you know, come up with cool ways to enter, entertain and inform. It's definitely a challenge every week. So by the time that next time we talk, who knows where we'll be at there. And every week I'm always discovering new stuff. So yeah, there's always stuff to talk about. Great. Well, we, we've definitely got to wrap up here, Mark. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, for all of you listening, make sure you check out his website. That's wearing-adult-diapers.com. And uh, also check out his YouTube channel, Diaper Dynamo. And check out Brittany's as well, Back in Diapers. And you can find a lot of that stuff all right on his website. Go out there, check it out. He's got great reviews, great stories, great great everything, to be honest, on there. And subscribe to that. Get your kind of your e-newsletter thing that he he sends out to everybody there i subscribe to that as well and it's been great talking to you mark and i Likewise. like i said we we have so much more we could talk about unfortunately i just i've got to wrap up <laughs> so. i understand i'm looking forward to it and uh yeah maybe we'll have to come over with a game plan and get the juicy stuff and keep it short i don't know audiences <laughs> like or but uh yeah <laughs> right uh well i will definitely uh get this up and uh you'll let you, you know, post it all over your website if you want and stuff like that. So, absolutely, uh, for sure. Uh, great, uh, great talk with you. And uh, for all of you listening, thank you so much for joining us and downloading and um, check Mark out. And that's going to be it. And stick with me after this, Mark. We'll, we'll wrap you out. Okay. All right. All right. Take care, everyone. See you guys.